Welcome to House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you're ready to get your physical, emotional, and spiritual life in order, join us for the next hour as we meet some interesting people who will share stories of success and wisdom that you can apply to your own life. Now, here's Dr. Connie. Happy 2022. We are starting a new year, a new season, and it is our seventh season on House Calls. So thank you for listening in. Welcome to Lucky 7 Seventh season on house calls. And I'm always fascinated by numbers. A lot of people are. And I looked up the significance of numbers, the number seven. And just to share a few facts with you, the number seven has significance way back into ancient times. Uh, for those who read the Bible, God created the world in se- six days, and he, he, she, God, rested on the seventh day. So that's the significance of seven. There's seven wonders of the world. Seven is significant in every religion. It also symbolizes completeness and perfection, both spiritual and physical. Uh, We use it as the lucky seven, as, for example, best-selling books use it for seven habits of highly successful, highly effective people. In Vegas, it's associated with the jackpot on slot machines. Around the world, there are myths about the, quote, seventh son of the seventh son. There used to be an old Johnny Rivers song about he's the seventh son of the seventh son. And in regarding memory, there was a study back in 1956, George Miller of Harvard, there was a classic paper in psychology demonstrating that most people retain about seven items of information in their short-term memory. That's why phone numbers in the United States, you ever wonder why in the past that there were seven digits to it separate from the area code? It's easier to remember. So it fits our attention span. So if you group things by seven, it's easier to remember. It's a prime number, so it means it can only be divided by themselves or by the number one. So it's very special to mathematicians. It, among people, when you survey, seven is the most popular number that they pick. So I'm hoping that this seventh season will bring me good luck, creativity, good health, prosperity, and joy, and also will help each and every one of you listeners out there. So that's what I'm wishing for all of you as we start this season, the seventh season, the new year. So as I always begin my show, I always begin it with the honorable mentions of the month of January. And I love the month of January. I have some very special people out there who are celebrating their birthdays. (laughs) Dr. Patty Pepper, who works with me, who's been on my show, uh, celebrated her birthday this month. Steve Lomanak, who is on Air Force One with me, is in North Carolina, is having a birthday. Susan Weiss had a birthday. Tara Liu, who is a, (coughs) excuse me, ASU student who's been on the show, had a birthday. David Van Denberg had one. Ananda Roberts, a dear friend of mine and a CEO locally, had a birthday. Ivan Dimitrov, happy birthday. Annette Schwab. Edie Yoder, happy birthday. Casey Jensen, who is a dear friend of my kids growing up. He's sort of like my third son. Happy birthday. Rick Harrington. Katina Patrickwin, today is her birthday, January 20th. And Dr. Mac McGuire, who's been on the show several times. Happy birthday, Mac. Vicki Conrad, Dr. Seema Mohan, whose birthday is towards the end of the month. Mark Wetterow, also next week. Happy birthday. Ed Bulky, Dorothy Dowling, Al Poldos, who's a dear friend of the families. And last but not least, at the end of the month, I will celebrate six decades plus seven. So it is my 67th birthday. So there is that lucky seven again. So a lot of people don't like to give their real age, although you can Google them, their date of birth. And I I think that's sort of sad. I think we should celebrate our actual biologic age and our chronologic age, and and there's nothing to hide. And and I like people to say, wow, you don't look like you're 67. And, And that's fine. I don't feel 67. I really believe that every day we have is a gift. Every year is a blessing. So I start this year always with gratitude. Every birthday, I'm thankful for that because there are many people who don't make it that far. And then I always ask myself, okay, I'm still here. What am I meant to do? What am I meant to do with the rest of my life? Also this January, we celebrate people who have their anniversaries. And New Year's Day, for a lot of people, is a great time to get married because you won't forget it and you have fireworks. So my friend Laura and Yvonne celebrated one-year anniversary on January 1st. Doctors Asha and Chris Devereaux, Devereaux had their wedding anniversary at the Hotel Dell on January 1st. 
So congratulations to all of you. It's a great way to start the year with celebration. So we begin a new year, a new month, a new season. And a lot of people look at this as a way to get started off on the right foot. So traditionally, people set themselves up with resolutions like, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to exercise more, I'm going to focus on health. It's easy to make these resolutions, but it's tough to achieve. And they've studied over 3,000 people who are monitored for over a year, and about 88% of them failed to keep their resolutions, even though half of them believe they would keep them when they originally set them. So how do you go about keeping your resolutions, right? I always believe keep it simple. Don't have a list of 20. Have maybe two or three. Look at your mindset about why you're doing this. How are you going to change your behavior? Embrace that. <laughs> Ask yourself, really, why am I doing this? What is the payoff of my goal? Is it worth the effort? Will my life be better? Will I be a better person if I achieve my goal? And then pick cheerleaders and people who are supportive of you to rally you on and to keep you on track, right? So have them exercise with you, have them eat the healthy diet with you, have them work with you. So as I was trying to figure out the first of the year, what type of theme, obviously it's always about beginning, I kept hearing over and over again the mantra, a new beginning, a new beginning. And I always thought of my dear friend, Dr. Julian A., who has been tremendous with helping all my patients, and I'm looking for her bio right now, and she's an incredible person. She has, she's a dear friend, first of all, for me. I've known her, my goodness, at least over 10, 11 years now. God, oh, it's hard to believe that. And she comes on to our show as my special guest to start off the year. Her private practice is called A New Beginning, and I thought, well, that's it's obvious I need to invite Julie to come back and kick off this show about a new beginning. How do we start anew in terms of a new life, a new relationship, a new uh, goal in our mind? So she's our special guest. This is her sixth time Dr. Julie wins the prize as the most invited guest, and you'll know why, because she's intelligent, insightful, exciting. She's, she's amazing. The last time she was on my show was February of last year. Hard to believe. And Valentine's Day falls on February, and I always dedicate the February show to the theme of love. And so she came on the show last February about how to love again when a relationship or marriage dies. So this year, almost a year out, Julie has a lot of wisdom to share from her private practice, from her experience as a, an accomplished psychologist, but also as a woman, as a mother, uh, as a human being who's journeyed through life in different relationships and has helped so many people. So I'm going to begin her introduction uh, by, let me briefly going over her bio. Dr. Julie TNA is a licensed clinical psychologist, eating disorder expert, and the founder and clinical director of A New Beginning, it's a specialty outpatient eating disorder and complex trauma treatment center in Scottsdale, Arizona. She's also the co-founder of a program called The Healthy Way Out, which is a comprehensive no-diet treatment program because diets don't work, and it helps individuals overcome chronic struggles with emotional eating, binge eating disorder, and associated issues with weight. She educates mental health and medical professionals regarding issues of weight, complex trauma, and lesser-known psychological processes that underlie the creation of emotional and binge eating disorder, as well as anorexia and bulimia. Recognized for her exemplary work in the field of eating disorder, she was invited to join the esteemed faculty of Mayo Clinic in 2018, where she's a guest lecturer and consultant in the area of eating disorders for the medical students of Mayo Clinic School of Medicine, which is a great honor. For the past 28 years, Dr. Julie has brought her enthusiastic brand of passion, skill, and unprecedented hope to the world of eating disorders. Uh, you know, as somebody who has suffered with compulsive overeating all my life, I think the most difficult disorder really is eating because you have to eat. You know, I, I, I talk to my friends who are recovering alcoholics. You shouldn't drink and you don't have to drink. But eating, you have to somehow eat. And what is your relationship with food? So that's a constant struggle. So she works in that very difficult field. Her style encompasses an eclectic blend of existential, attachment, psychodynamics, self-psychology, experiential, gestalt, internal family systems, and interpersonal approaches. 
She is the favorite go-to eating disorder media expert uh, on radio, television shows, cable networks. Her work is inspiring. Uh, she is a, a, a tremendous person for that. And she's such a delight to have on my show. So, Dr. Julie, welcome to my show. Well, thank you so much, Connie. It is always an honor to be here. And uh, what a beautiful introduction you've given me. Thank you so much. Well, it's well-deserved, Julie, and you've helped so many people. And I think I love stories. And I know you, if you're willing to share your personal story sometime during this show, I think it touches a lot of people out there. Because sometimes when they go to health professionals, you're on the other side. You don't share a lot of your personal things because it's all about the patient and recovery. And and I think my patients are very touched when I share my personal journey. It's as though, for example, if I go to a pediatrician and they've never had any children, it's a lot harder for them to understand, right? Yeah. So when you have yeah. somebody who's understand the pain that you've been through uh, and fully can appreciate, I think they they really get that you know what you're talking about. And I look at the first of the year as a time to reflect, review mm-hmm. what's going on in your life, and then parts of it need to be letting go. How do you let go? And why do you let go? Because you want to be reborn. You want to move on mm-hmm. in your life. You don't. You want to move forward. And it's hard, as you know, for people to let go of a bad situation, like an unhappy marriage. It takes a long time for people to get over an unfortunate marriage, a relationship, and then move on. And, mm-hmm. you know, why, does, why is that hard, do you think, about what, why do people take so long to let go of those things? Yeah. Well, you know, I think the very first thing that really we have to emphasize is that people need to allow themselves at various points in their life and in their year, not just the 1st of January, but we have to slow down and we have to connect to ourselves and we have to really take some time to say, am I happy? You know, am I feeling fulfilled? You know, if I were to leave this earth tomorrow, would I have regret? And, you know, I think too many times we get caught up in the day in and the day out of of life, and then it becomes the year in and the year out, and then the decade in and the decade out. And before we know it, whether we are happy or filled with regret, we feel like it's too late to make a change. And so I really encourage my clients and my friends, and I certainly practice this myself, to on a regular basis connect up with yourself and ask, you know, am I happy? And that's not this American kind of cultural issue. I think it is a self-issue. It's an existential issue to be able to look at your life and say, am I living in a meaningful way? And if I'm not and I'm not fulfilled, I give myself permission to start examining the reasons why. So I think we need to start there. And I think it's too easy to avoid. And that avoidance ends up turning into apathy. And then pretty soon we feel, oh, my goodness, you know, I'm too old to change. You know, my life is already more behind me than it is in front of me. And we get mired in this malaise of life. So I guess the first thing I would encourage you know, your listeners, and I certainly encourage my clients, whether it's January or not, you know, to really stop and connect and honestly take a feel of how you are doing at this moment in your life. And if it's not what you want it to be, to have the courage to ask yourself why. That's absolutely true. That's where we start. Because we get so caught up in the everyday living and we're, we're on this roller coaster and we never really pause enough. That's why the gift of one of the gifts of the pandemic was you stayed home, you paused, right. you looked at things, you that looked at your right. mortality. And it's sadly, a lot of people, they don't get in until they see their doctor and they said, we've well, been diagnosed with cancer. You, you, you know, you've only got, you know, chemo, you've got chemotherapy, you've got all this thing planned, but you have a serious illness. So yeah. it's, the, it's those things that really get their attention. So mm-hmm. we're going to take a brief pause here, Dr. Julie, for a break. We'll be back, and we'll, we'll go ahead and talk some more definitely about, about 
reflecting on our lives, reviewing it, whether we're happy, is this what we're meant to do, and how do you move on? So everyone stay tuned on Dr. Connie's seventh season of House Calls with Dr. Julian A. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the president of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families, Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano, this is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. My special guests, Dr. Julian A. and I, are, are talking about the challenges when people try to change things in their life. And, and we look at that as we start a new year, a new season, about taking the time to reflect, to review your life, and really ask yourself, am I happy? Is this where I want my life to go? Am I with the people I want to be with the rest of my life? And, and a lot of times, as we talked about, it, it's hard to do when you get caught up in the, the merry-go-round, the carousel, the the circus of life. And, and, you, and then pretty soon you're like, is that it was? I, I never got to fulfill what I wanted to do. I, I wasn't mm-hmm. with the people I wanted to do. And yeah. so does it have to be a catastrophic thing? Do you, do you or your, you tell your, your clients, your patients to say where every year at least sit down, maybe it's on your birthday and just go over your, yeah, absolutely. what's going I on? Think it, I think it, I think it, and actually, I, I, I encourage it more than one time a year, and I think it's the best way to, to face your life in an intentional manner. Now, we know that we cannot, unfortunately, control everything in our lives, but we can steer ourselves, you know, the best way possible. And that ideally starts with, you know, connecting to yourself and saying what is feeling good and what isn't, you know, what am I 
hoping to accomplish in my life. And if I want to do that, I have to get started now because we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And, and we have to be intentional. You know, it, it's like going down, I use this metaphor quite a bit. It, it's like going down this beautiful river in Colorado and the, the current is flowing and we know that we can't, you know, control the life energy of the current, but we're given a raft and that raft actually has paddles. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people go into that raft and they just decide to take it wherever the current's going to bring them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people pick up those paddles. And even though we pick up the paddles and we go right or we go left and we get to where we hope to to be or we try to steer ourselves, we're not always going to end up exactly where we want to, mm-hmm. but we have a better chance at it. And we have a better chance at hitting the points along the way if we pick up the paddles of intentionality and actually steer ourselves. So the first thing I say is give yourself permission. This is not selfish. This is self-reflective. And it allows yourself the best chance at fulfillment and happiness and having a life that is meaningful if you take responsibility for reflecting and connecting and then steering yourself the best you can intentionally through life. That's, so I yeah. would say that that's the first thing. Now, we know that people can intellectually know this, but let's say they do stop and they take that time to connect and they think, oh my gosh, like there are some things in my life, like maybe this marriage or maybe this career that I am really not happy with. It's actually been bringing me down. And, you know, and then, and then the, the question is, why do so many people decide still not to make changes? You know? Yeah. And I think that one of the things, especially as people get older, is, you know, life doesn't become more simple. It actually becomes more complicated. You know, I hear a lot of times with older clients, well, you know, the kids come for Christmas and I don't want there to be a a separated household. Um, You know, I don't know what to do financially if we have to split our finances in half. And, you know, they think of all of these complicated ways that they are rooted in their present life and they get overwhelmed and then they just kind of do nothing, so I think it's important to acknowledge that, yeah, thinking about making some major changes can be quite daunting, but it's also possible. I think you're right. And We've seen it in our lives. I've seen it in mine. I was married 29 years. And, yeah, and yep. you know, they go, why? I mean, it's and there's never any good time. And I used to point and say, you know, you know it in your heart before your head knows it, before it comes out of your lips and you say, I'm done. And somebody yeah. said, why did you, why'd you leave that marriage? I said, I left him for another woman. I left him for me. I left him for yeah. me. Nobody else but me because I needed to move on. I needed to grow. And I, I didn't expect to fall in love right away. In fact, I, I was mentioning to you briefly that today, today actually is my wedding anniversary with my first husband. January 20, mm-hmm. 1979 was my first wedding. And it's yeah. also... I call it my list day when I was going through my divorce. Uh, I'd already separated. Mm. And I remember uh, getting a call from John, who ultimately became my second husband. Um, and he wanted to talk to me. So we went to Nordstrom Cafe on the third floor. And I asked him, what are you looking for? What, what's your intention here? And he says, I am looking for a life partner. And so he could enunciate, this is what I want. I want a life partner, and I want you to be that mm-hmm. one. And then he said, what are you looking for? And one of my friends had told me, you know what you don't want. You, you know clearly because you, you went away from it. You're filing for divorce. You've separated. So if you know what you don't want, what do you want? I mean, mm-hmm. and that in a lot of ways is you're asking the universe. It's your ask list. Write a list. And I tell my single friends of the qualities of your perfect mate. Read it every day and focus on those qualities, those the behavior, the things that make your heart sing that you're seeking. And I always know that spirit or God or whatever higher power sends it to you because the person who comes to you is better than your list. It's better than what you imagine. And John was yeah. that person. 
And and I think as you talk about the, the analysis of one's life, what I plan to do on my birthday next week is I'm going to go through my own list about what makes for a good life for me, what a great life would look like, my quali- the things that I like to see, you know, like goals, but it's almost like an asking and ask the universe, ask God, yeah. for me to feel like I've lived a great life. I'm already grateful what I have. What do I, what am I capable of doing? What, what, would be, what would make my heart sing? What would make my soul sing to achieve, to meet, to do? And notice these aren't things. It isn't, I need to buy another blah, blah, blah. It isn't. It's things are things, you know, achievements uh, perhaps, but projects, communication. uh, You know, I always joke with you, an Emmy would be nice. Uh, More time with my kids, you know, to run a race. Um, Do you do that? I mean, you talk about doing that too for you, right, Julie? No, absolutely. Well, you know, I, I think that, you know, we have to be willing to step in and and to and to fight for our own life and for our own happiness and that's what you're talking about i mean everything from you know deciding to leave a long-standing marriage to then looking for that life partner to then bringing it back to yourself and saying what are the things in my life that are are going to be fulfilling and then we have to take the steps to do it. So I absolutely do this. I always practice what I preach as a psychologist. And that goes from having to step in and sometimes painstakingly dismantling some things, which I certainly will talk about um, possibly after the next break. Um, but, but really being willing to do that for yourself, because nobody is going to craft your the way that you want it other than you. Right. And it is right. your greatest act of self-love right. to say, down the road, when I am on my deathbed, I want to look back at my life with no regrets. Yes. And if I'm to do that, what do I need to do tomorrow to ensure that down the road, as I reflect back, I have happiness with how I have spent my time on this planet? And I encourage everyone to do that. And if you come up against obstacles, to then roll up your sleeve and start working on those obstacles instead of putting maybe your head in the sand and avoiding, because then again, time is going to go by and then things like depression come in or ways to cope with life that isn't meaningful, like sometimes too much alcohol or, you know, disordered eating or, you know, the next cosmetic surgery because you think that that's going to be what makes you happy. And, you know, so we have to be willing to dig deep. We have to be willing to step in the ring for ourselves, and then to go to work and to really talk about what that involves. And I'm happy to share that, you know, with some of my own past that you've been alluding to. And I'm happy to to kind of share if it will help other people. I think it would, Julie. Do you mind sharing a little bit? We've got about about 10, 15 minutes here and then we've got another break. But I think it would help a lot of people to hear from you. Yeah, well, you know, just like, you know, just like you're sharing with your with your first marriage. And again, I I, I always want to emphasize I practice what I preach. I think that that's so important in in people who look towards you, you know, for for direction. We have to be willing to to do the risks that we are asking the people in front of us to do. If if not, I think that it's very hypocritical. So I I live a very intentional life, and um, you know, as you know, I I was married myself um, for 27 years. It was a 30 year relationship. And, you know, our relationship, first of all, I'm very, very, very pro-marriage and people who are so blessed to be able to grow in their relationship and to be happy and fulfilled for their whole lifespan, I think is a beautiful gift. That's always my hope for people. That certainly was the hope for myself. But sometimes we realize that that is just not so. And, um, you know, we work at it and we work at it and we work at it. And, you know, after a certain amount of time, and for me, it was about a decade that both myself and my ex-husband really worked on it. We were very good friends. We saw each other as family. We had two incredible daughters that we were very, very committed to. And we did everything we could 
to save our marriage and to create it being happy. And at the end of our process, we realized, both of us, it was a mutual decision, that trying to stay together in a way that no longer fit was actually hurting both of us. We were both losing parts of ourselves trying to somehow fit in each other's world still. And we were both actually kind of becoming depressed as a result of it. So we mutually decided to divorce after it was almost 28 years. And again, it was over a 30-year relationship, which I feel very proud of. Um, But I then thought that I was going to go into this bliss. And there was a bit of a honeymoon stage where I was like, yes, you know, I'm doing this. And and it felt really good. But what what hit me that I didn't expect, and I'm a little humbled to say this as a psychologist because I should have seen this coming, but... Part of change, we can't step away from what was without there truly being a death. And that death does not mean that it needs to be negative, but the old has to die. And what that means is that many pieces of who you were have to be dismantled. And and that's what I went through, and it hit me hard. Um, I had so much of my identity in... You know, being a lifelong partner, I so believe in relationships. I work with marriages all the time. I'm a very family-oriented individual, and I had a lot of guilt for breaking up the marriage with my daughters. Um, And I didn't break it up both, but you could hear my Freudian slip there. (laughs) Um, And, you know, you you go out into the world, and I I, I don't mean to sound dramatic, but I like to prepare people because I think it it's, it's the existential truth. I had kind of like an identity death. Yes. You know, you, yeah. you everything that you were and thought you would be yes. starts to break down. Yeah. And it has to yeah. for you to then go into the rebirth. And yes. I guess that's what I want to offer people, not in a negative, but in a way that they're not surprised or feel like there's something wrong with me because I chose this. I really did this deliberately. I explored what I knew was going to be in my best interest. How can I be so unsettled? And I'm going to say, if you do it right, not right, that's kind of quote unquote, but if you do it where you're connected to yourself and you're really aware of what's happening, there, there is a death and therefore there's a grief and there is a shedding of your old self and your old skin. Not all of those pieces. But that has to happen before the rebirth occurs. And most of the time, it doesn't happen as quickly as we would like, you know? So there's this in-between stage. And I'm actually, I I stumbled upon a a classic book. It's called um, Transitions. And it actually talks about this very process. And this in-between point, you know, you, you are very disrupted in self. And... I guess I want to say to your to your listeners, that's normal, and we just have to hang in there. We just have to, you know, rely on our friends and keep doing self-care and, you know, evaluating what we think we want tomorrow to look like, but we need to tolerate it and know that this is a normal part. It's almost like that, you know, the, the, the post-winter, you know, before the spring comes, it's that, that place of kind of dormancy that um, that occurs before then we get launched into the rebirth. And that's the beautiful metaphor about it. It, it is, you know, when you go through definitely the divorce, uh, that change, and, and in my case, divorce and widowhood after that, there is a yeah. death, not only in the, in the second case of physical death, but the death of a relationship, the way your life, yeah. the part that you that was part of that is gone. That that person yeah. has died. And I and I phrase it, I went from we to me. I went from yeah. we to me, and now I'm back with me. And my challenge, and actually I've embraced it, is how do I become the best me I could be? And how do yeah. I grow and be at peace and grow and be loving and be the soul that I was intended to be? and still honor the memories and the lessons that I learned. They say that people are either lessons or blessings or both. And, yeah. and, and definitely, I, I've been blessed in many ways. 
But it is really that, that metaphor of death and then rebirth, you know, phoenix yeah. rising from the ashes. So we're going to take and a— I think- oh, Oh, Go ahead. We're going to take a little pause here, Dr. Julie, and then we'll come back. Believe it or not, this is like the fastest hour. We'll come back and we'll just talk about rebuilding, rebirth. After Wonderful. you've gotten through that death, the pain, the struggle, the growth, how do you find, how do you visualize, how do you make the new you, the be- new and improved you, the new life? Yes. How do you visualize? So stay tuned on House Calls with a great way to begin the year. Wonderful. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the president of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families. Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano, this is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. You can like and comment on the Voice America Empowerment Channel Facebook page. This is the place to get and share advice from some of the best leaders on the planet. Get started today by searching for Voice America Empowerment or click the like button under the player today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. As, as I've told my guest, Dr. Julian A., who's doing this show with me kindly for the sixth time, she, she knows very well that this is like the fastest hour. So uh, this actually could be like two to three hours, but we've only got an hour to share about how do you start change? How do we embrace change? How do we start the year? How do we make changes from relationships, the direction of our life? And we talk about how you do really review where is my life going? Is this where I want to go? Is this where I want to be? Are these people I want to be with? How do I want to change that? What do I envision? And then you go through really a grieving process, a death, a death of a relationship, death of the marriage, a death of whatever your life was, letting go of that. And then what's next, Dr. Julie? How do you move on? Well, what is the beautiful part that comes out of that dismantling and that dormancy is that you do start to sprout new, really new aspects of yourself. And, you know, I think it's important to note that so many times people want to go into that, like, next stage kind of replicating, you know, and I'll talk about maybe a marriage and and, and I'll talk about maybe a a situation uh, where there's been a loss of a beloved 
spouse, and I know that I'm probably hitting home with this, but oftentimes people move forward with, I want to replicate what I Mm -hmm. had in the past, or I want to recapture who I was when I was 25. And that's so tempting, especially if you had those beautiful golden moments. But I think it's really important to kind of let go and trust which is hard. I don't do this well. I like to try to steer myself, as you've heard, but I've been humbled. And I have to trust that I know that there will be a new self that will emerge from this process. And I have to let go because I don't know what that's going to look like unless I try to recreate what was. And we can't recreate what was because that time has passed. Yeah, and you're a different so, person. When you realize well, we are a different we're person, different and we're people, becoming a different person, and we don't know what that looks like yeah. yet. And so, you know, and I am saying this to myself as well as as to your viewers, and and I will admittedly say this to my clients. I think we need to let go and embrace trust that. A lot of times we don't know the ultimate best for the future. We have to be open to what comes to us because if we try to control it too much, we are going to try to control it back to the way that it was. And I think we're going to miss the opportunity of the growth. And a lot of people you see, they make the same error. I mean, somebody says who's been three or four divorces, and it's like, why do they keep winding up with the same type of people every time. It's repeating that pattern over and over again. And I see it in in my patients who are widow, become widowers. They'll marry quickly again, because we talked about widowers, 61% of them remarry. A lot of times, it's it's almost a carbon copy of their late wife. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. And they want that security. They want all that. But they find this is a different human being. This is a different Mm -hmm. person whatsoever. And and among my widow friends, of which there are seven, well, what is it? If actually, our next show next month will be about widowhood, but 700,000 new widows every year and 11 million widows versus 3 million widowers in our country. And so a lot of my widow friends said they're, they're not interested. They're done. They're happy. And then the ones who are bold and brave enough to say, I think I want to try again. God bless you for doing it. But, mm-hmm. but you're not going to reproduce yeah. the same husband who fathered your children, started off your business. You're a different person. You're a different human yeah. being. You are so I would different. Say, so I would say, you know, for people that are in this stage and they're like, okay, you know, how do I just let go and trust? Well, I, I would say connect up to in the moment, you know, in, your, in yourself today, what things feel good to you and excite you. Yeah versus what things don't. So what people, what areas of interest, is there something that you're dreaming of now versus what you used to dream of? All right. So letting your current self guide you as opposed to trying to rewind and see what used to feel good and or, you know, what you think you want to go towards and where you want to end up. Okay. Right. And, and, let yourself in the now be the guide. That is still picking up the paddles, right? But it's not allowing yourself to drive yourself based on this preconceived notion of what you're going to look like. Because the most exciting, most actualized self is the one that unfolds organically from who you are in the here and now and then in response to the, the opportunities that you stumble upon. So um, let go a little bit as you move forward, kind of move forward with more um, adventure, you know, instead of preconceived notion and trying too hard to create it to look like a certain thing. And again, let yourself and your, your excitement or your disdain, you know, let that be your guide, but don't overthink it and don't try to overplan it. And try to let go and trust that, you know, the right opportunities, the right people will show up in your path. You're still going to then have a choice. Do I take it or not? And try not to control it too much. Let that rebirth be 
spontaneous and organic and see what can happen. But the question that will come up, Dr. Julie, and, I, and my patients will ask, but I just, they'll, they'll say, but what if I make a mistake? What if I pick the wrong guy? I, I, I buy the wrong house. I, I take the wrong course. What if I fail? Or what if I mess up and realize I wasted my time? What, what do I do? I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to make a mistake. So I would say a couple of things. The first thing is if you make a mistake, it means that you're engaging in life, right? Mm-hmm. It means you're letting yourself step out of the box of the complete known and you're taking a risk. And and isn't that wonderful? Because it means that you're growing, all right? We learn from our mistakes. Certainly they're painful, we don't like them, but those that is how we learn and that's what life really is all about. Now, that doesn't mean go forward with your eyes closed and that doesn't mean if you make a mistake that you stay in that mistake forever, right? Mm -hmm. So you wanna stay connected. So let's say, let's say you decide to go down a new career path, you know, you spend some time and energy in it, and then you're in that, that career path and you're, you're really hating it, mm-hmm. all right, give yourself permission to change. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are dating someone and you're in a new relationship and you give it your all and you really want it to work out, but the reality is, is it's not, give yourself permission to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exit at this point as opposed to, you know, going down and giving it, you know, another five years because it just isn't feeling right. And I don't call those mistakes. I call that going down the path, hitting the normal bumps, and then, and then you know, rerouting yourself based on what you know now. We're not going to get through life without mistakes. If you can figure that out, let me know. <laughs> but as far as I know, mistakes are how we journey through life, yeah. and mistakes are certainly how we learn and we become wise. And, and we're not you're not going to live if you try to live without making a mistake. It's like when you're, you're driving, right? The, if you program your computer when you're driving, it'll say, it'll do the little twirl, and it says recalculating. And I like to yeah. say, oh, I'm just recalculating. Let's, let me figure this out. You know, and, I, and isn't it nice that I learned whatever lesson I learned of that recalculated route? Yes. And not to blame yourself, you know, I think too many times people bring it back to themselves in a negative self-critical way. You know, I think it's good to say, look, I'm glad that I learned that and I'm going to take that lesson and I'm going to bring it forward for then my next similar situation. You know, I'm going to know now something that I didn't know before. And isn't that, you know, a good thing that came out of that lesson, that mistake? Yeah. We're always learning, and to, to keep embracing that, there are no mistakes. You're not making a mistake. Yeah. You're learning. You really is, and nobody's going to beat you up. I think the other things they bring up is I'm going to lose my friends. Uh, I, those people won't talk to me anymore It's it, because you're going to change. You're going to change in what you do. They're afraid of losing all those people. I think that's the thing yeah. they bring up over again. It's, it, your life yeah. will be different. So much of what you're saying, uh, Dr. Connie, is is really about fear, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and I think that that, I mean, that could be a whole other episode. I think too many times we let ourselves be directed by fear. And if we let ourselves be directed by fear, um, that's not the way to grow and to expand. You know, we have to be afraid and do it anyways. And that doesn't mean being reckless, but I think that, you know, life is not a safe, protected journey. Life is a journey of of learning and discovering and growing and evolving. And you cannot go down a path that you already know and continue to learn. So by nature, life is going to involve some mistakes and it's going to learn, involve some lessons. And that's, to me, what this journey is all about. It's, it's so freeing to say you have a role in this. It isn't as though someone says, all right, this is life you're going to live. You have no say. You have a say. And I you think do. that is so empowering to know, you know, I don't like the direction of my life. Well, what is it about you don't like? And how can you change that, right? And it That's isn't because right. when I get this particular person or when I buy this thing or when I get this position, it will be better. No, it's, it's an inside job in a lot of ways, don't you think? Yeah. I use the word revise a mm-hmm. lot. Revise. Revise. Because yes. I, I like it because it has, I think, a positive connotation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just it gives us the opportunity to take what we've learned 
and to do the next revision. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. when you have a book and you're reading it and that's the fifth edition, mm-hmm. you'd rather read the fifth edition because it's filled with more mm-hmm. information and, and, and more, you know, um, really revisions of material through those, you know, first four um, editions. And mm-hmm. it's the same thing with our life. Like we're going to be wiser at age 40 than we were at 20 and certainly more wise at 60 than we were at 30. And, and we want to be able to just revise. There's going to be many changes that we do in life. We can look at them as mistakes or we can look at them as revisions based on information that we didn't have when we first made those decisions and what we learned along the way and decided to change. But it is scary, absolutely. But it's also exciting. And I think sometimes, you know, you look at the emotions of fear and excitement, and that's adrenaline and cortisol, and you sort of channel, you know, my heart's beating, I'm excited. I'm also scared, but I'm also excited. I'm, I'm channeled into this. And if you look at the mindset of the opportunities for change and that you're not helpless, you're, you're engaged in life, and you follow that journey. You follow that path. And if you get to a dead end, you recalculate, you revise, you move forward. You find the other path. I mean, that's yeah, all about absolutely. that. It's about your intention to do that. Yeah. And it's exciting. You know, I, I when I think about this, I, I was just getting a vision. We've used the word uh, or the metaphor of the phoenix. And, you know, that that beautiful kind of like, spreading of the wings and going up mm-hmm. into the sky, mm-hmm. you know, free and strong and expanded. Right. That's what we want to picture. You know, that's where all of the risk, you know, and all of the revisions and all of the going for it, you know, that's where it gets us. It, it gets us soaring in life as opposed to being huddled in a corner, Fearful. you know, because we're afraid to come out. Right. And I encourage everybody to have that that vision for themselves, if it fits for them, and, and say, what do I need to do to spread my wings and to soar up from change? That's a perfect then, way to do that. And it's really rising from the ashes, the, the death, the rebirth, and then rising from there and to soar from there. It's really the yes. metamorphosis. Well, what a great show. What a great way to begin the new year, the new season, the seventh season. I want to thank you, Dr. Julie, for being my sixth-time guest. And you're always in demand. My listeners love listening to you. I love talking with you. And so my wish for you is to find the joy that will allow you to grow and love and produce the things you want to produce and and make the life you, you envision for yourself. So have a great new year. Thank you. You too, Connie. Lots of love. Thank you. And to my listeners, have a wonderful year ahead. And we'll talk with you and listen in to us, please, next month on House Calls. God bless you all. Thank you again for joining us this week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. We'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week.